When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A week from today, we will be up at Zipline, gearing up for the College World Series. Going to be on the road at Zipline, just outside TD Ameritrade Park, Monday, Wednesday, Friday of next week, and then to kick off Championship Monday on the 28th. We're in studio today. We will shed a tear for Arkansas, kind of, sort of, maybe. Uh, We will smile, if you're a Nebraska fan, about two big gets this weekend. Tariq Johnson at corner. Uh, Come on down from Columbus, says Husker Nation. And then uh, Richard Torres, Nebraska getting their quarterback for 2022. We can talk about it. Dial us up. 466-37. 76-466-37-76-800-825-5865. Follow us. Find us on Twitter at Chris, uh, excuse me, at Schmidt underscore, underscore radio for Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, always follow uh, at Hale Varsity at ESPN Lincoln. Stream us, ESPNLincoln.com. And email Chris at Hale Varsity. So we are waiting on Notre Dame and Mississippi State tonight for that eighth team, Omaha, uh, bound. You have Virginia, Tennessee, NC State, Texas, Arizona, Vandy, Stanford. All my kid does is talk about Vandy, Vandy, Vandy. Loves their pitching. Loves watching the SEC Network. He needs to be grounded. Uh, kind of joking on that. But Elijah, good weekend. Do much umping? Oh, a lot of umping. Too much yeah. umping. Did you? It was a busy weekend. And, and Saturday, um, so I was supposed to be working out in Waverly, uh, but their fields were flooded from that rainstorm Friday morning. So I had to go out to Utan, Nebraska. My first time out okay. in Utan. How was Utan? Was there a little, uh, little, little bar you can you get it after the game? No. So, well, the thing was, was uh, all day. I didn't have reception. Their fields don't have receptions in, in Utan, <laughs> so that was a problem. And then uh, about halfway through my day, it was a nice little like, 10 hours umpire, and, mm-hmm. and halfway through my partner um, got a little heat stroke. Oh, no. So he, he called time and just started throwing up next to home plate in the middle of the game, and he had to go. So then I, I do the second half of, uh, of my puke games. puke everywhere. Uh, with, with, with some puke. Uh, we poured a little bit of water on it. It helped a little bit. Um, but then we had to do the, the second half of uh, – or I had to do the second half of the game solo, which was – how many calls did you miss? And oh. were, were you harassed? Oh, well, I, there was one guy behind home plate who liked to give me a hard time, but I appreciate that. It just keeps you on top of my game. I, I, th- I thought I had a, a pretty good game all around. The only problem was I was trying to get back to Lincoln and watch UFC fighting that night, and uh, the last game went 10 innings. We were, mm. we were scheduled for six, and we went 10. 
So that's code for Elijah's strike zone expands in extra innings. Oh, no, it does not. No, it does. I'm just messing I with am you. a good umpire. I am, I, I'm not going to say I'm the best umpire out there just because people have done it for a lot longer than me. But I, I will say if uh, you're ever out at the fields and I'm behind the plate, just know I am not missing calls. Uh, exactly. We will just let you know the juniors team went one and three this weekend. We will leave it at that. But this is a beautiful weekend for baseball. Uh-huh. It was hot. That's, There's that's not baseball. enough alcohol to, to get me through uh, watching Junior screw up. <laughs> was that on the mound or, uh, or at the plate? Oh, dude, it was on the mound. I love him, so he's taking this with a grain of salt. But on the mound, it was a little rough uh, Saturday morning. And uh, out in left field, it was a little rough. He did have a 17... Uh, pitch at bat he he battled and fouled off and fouled off and fouled off and got on base walked you don't see that much in youth baseball no no i mean he well, goes, I'm, I'm more impressed the pitcher could throw a 17 across the dish without walking them. they 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 were within the zone to to not we we have a rule that you you watch a called strike three you owe me a couple of laps because I'm, I'm a caring parent uh no so he but he has blisters because he goes to the cage extra right so I told him what Sammy Sosa did. I don't know, excuse me, uh, Moise Salou did when he had horrible blisters. I don't think I've heard this. We, Moise Salou would pee on his hands. Oh, I have heard this. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have heard this one. And I was like, <laughs> Junior, you know you got to go Moise Salou here if you got blisters on your left hand. It's like, I did. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was kind of kidding, kind of not. He's like, yeah, but it was in the shower. I was like, okay. <laughs> so th- that made my weekend. Tip my cap. Tip my yeah, cap. Junior, way to be. Way to be. Way to be a team guy. Uh, let's dive into some recruiting here. Uh, let's start with Torres, the quarterback. Jay Moore is coming up in 20 minutes. J.L. Half thoughts on Tariq Johnson's edition. Uh, Greg Smith all over this uh, verbal for Nebraska's 2022 quarterback. Greg Smith with us in a little more than an hour. Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt at 5.05. And then Cornhusker State Games gets rolling in July. Guy that's been a friend of the show for a lot of years. Uh, director for uh, Nebraska Sports Council, Cornhusker State Games, Dave Minerick with us in about 30 minutes. You know, here's what I see in a guy like Richard Torres. First and foremost, I see Nebraska again with their evaluation skills. And we're, we're also seeing a bit of a shift with Nebraska. We, we've highlighted this. We've detailed it. We've talked about it. Just where they're wanting to go at quarterback. They want bigger quarterbacks with arm strength and throwing ability. Obviously, you need a quarterback that can throw, yes. But Nebraska's taken a couple of dual-threat guys, uh, and you look at Smothers, right? And and Smothers is putting the work in, and, and I, we're not writing him off at all. We think he can be a really good ball player for Nebraska. McCaffrey's on to team number three, and uh, summer starts the 20th. Okay, before the summer of 2021, McCaffrey's now at Rice on to team number three. And and listen, that that's just a, a, a wasted spot because of, of all he could have done for you offensively, not necessarily at quarterback. Moving on, Nebraska's adjustment, as we have seen them continue to recruit and build, 
They've recruited to be big and fierce and physical and strong on the offensive line. They want that at quarterback now. You get a kid like Harburg, super talented athlete, great arm, big kid, can put weight on, can survive the Big Ten. You look at a kid like Richard Torres, kind of in the same ilk at 6'6", 210. Uh, He's a guy that could end up at 230 pounds, you know, by the time he gets to Nebraska. Had his visit to Kansas State this past weekend, was uh, target number one for Nebraska June 4th. Had a great time, felt the fit was right. Nebraska was, again, first to evaluate. They got in there, Washington State, Kansas State, uh, Nebraska, right there. And this, to me, is about fit, size, and let's be straight, weather, right? What's Minnesota been able to do? Well, Minnesota's been able to hand off to Ibrahim. (laughs) But Minnesota's also been able to make enough plays with their arm in some pretty crappy weather games, right, with with Morgan. I look at Ohio State, and uh, their excellence has been their run game and, and, and their defense and their wide receiver play. But they've had a quarterback that can pull the trigger. Iowa, uh, Indiana, Northwestern, they've all had pretty good quarterbacks that, that have a strong enough arm to make a throw when they have to. And that's how Iowa's beat you the last three years. Yes, it's been the field goal, okay? But the, the quarterback has made a play to a tight end or somebody to get in field goal range. And the weather's not been great. It's been cold. It's been windy. It's been rainy. It's been classic John Facenda uh, narration NFL films video for Nebraska-Iowa in a couple of the years where it's not been ideal to throw the football. Nebraska's made the adjustment. They're going after a bigger quarterback. The other thing is Nebraska's trusting their eyes, trusting their evaluation, and they didn't settle, right? They could have... Slow played Torres. They moved off of Morris, and you've got Bianca waiting in the wings. They were supposed to be here uh, Friday. Get out of Hawaii. Nebraska says we like who we got. You had Super Mario Verdusco get on the uh, the old bird and go watch Torres for himself at the SMU camp. And there was your push. There was your decision. Let's see what Nebraska can get in the form of development and. Listen, I know he's big, and I know I watched his film. He has got some, some, and this isn't like to, to denigrate, I'm not, but I'm saying when I say sneaky athleticism, he does a great job of keeping, because you just don't see a guy that big a lot of times survive extending a play, right? You're a giant moving target, and you're not a 5'9 option quarterback, or even a guy like Crouch that's crazy side to side. You're, it just doesn't come as, you're not as quick, per se, as some smaller quarterbacks because of a, of a 6'6 frame. But he's not lumbering. He's not. He, he is able to be evasive. He keeps his head up. And in his highlight package uh, with Huddle, Elijah, there's a lot of plays where he keeps his head up and then makes... Makes a wonderful throw. Makes a downfield throw. His downfield accuracy, again, in highlights, is a big wow factor. He can throw a quick pass. He can throw a timing route. He can throw a rope. Or he can throw a pass downfield with some touch, perfectly placed over the outstretched hands after a broken play. 
against a defensive back. So all the tools are here. It's Nebraska's job to refine them, not screw it up, and get a run game and an offensive line to pair with him. I honestly think with with Torres, and we're going to try and get his coach on this week, I mean, he has led them to some of their better seasons, okay? But I don't think he's he's got an all-star team down there. I think he's got some good kids. He's got some good teammates. Uh, the reaction on social media from from peers and even people he's competed against in San Antonio, they're happy for him. But I think he's a guy, if you put some more help around him, he could be really special. Yeah, and what I see whenever I watch him is he is a quarterback who is crafted from the same mold as Heinrich Harburg. If you saw Heinrich Harburg's highlights last year, you have pretty much seen Richard Torres' highlights this year. Uh, he is... A little bit more, I think uh, his pocket presence might be a little bit better than Harburg. Um, I think he just he just doesn't panic, does he? No, he never does. He He's al- got people running at him a lot, and, and, he, and he is always keeping his eyes downfield. That is the one thing I saw in his film is no matter what is happening in the offensive line in front of him, uh, he is keeping his eyes downfield and he's ready to make that throw. Um, I, I really respect that about him. What I will say is I don't think he's got the the downfield arm that Harburg has. He, he has, I mean, it's still high school football. His kid's still 16, 17 years old in these highlights. He underthrows some of his guys uh, whenever they're 40 yards downfield, but, but what high school quarterback doesn't. downfield. Oh, and he, he can see, it's not, you know. He still makes the completion. He makes the completion, and, and it's a pretty crisp ball. Yes. It's not this quacker that's floating up there. It's not a punt thrown up there for a receiver to run under. Plenty of arm strength. And I've seen enough because there, there were a few plays, too, where he was able to get out on the perimeter on kind of a run-pass option. They love moving him in the pocket, but it's not solely just let's get him on the move. Uh, I think that was out of necessity because there was a lot of heat a lot of times being put on him, either with a, with a free rusher or a blitzer. And he was able to get out of trouble and make a – 15, 20-yard completion. The other thing is, again, this is just highlights, but I didn't see him. I saw him make some really thread-the-needle type throws, but they weren't like, oh, my God, you're throwing it into four people type highlights. They were man-covered situations where he's moving, he's moving, he's throwing against right arm, left shoulder to the near sideline on the left side of the field, and and he's got to like either – take the sack, go out of bounds for a TFL, or thread the needle downfield to someone kind of running, running open or trying to, to break their route off and go scramble drill. And he made some really nice throws in tight coverage. Yeah, that's, that's where you see the arm strength. Whenever he is throwing off-platform, whenever he is throwing across his body, he, he's awesome. And I think one of my favorite plays off his film was a, it was a ground ball snap, uh, and I think they were inside the red zone. That snap took him way back to like the 40-yard line, and there's just free rushers running at him. He makes a couple guys miss and ends up uh, throwing a touchdown on the play. Uh, and, and that's Nuts. just – I was like, this kid is ready for the Nebraska offense right now. Like, throw him out there. There's going to be no <laughs> – such thing as ground ball snaps anymore, Elijah. Cross your fingers. Tariq Johnson, listen, he's a five-star. He's 6'1". He's 185. Body type and body skills, uh, body, you know, ball skills. He's got a lot of ball skills from, from, his, from his highlights. He's a guy that's participated on special teams. I think there's probably been an injury or two that has maybe slowed him a little bit, lower body injury. That, that he's had uh, that, that's probably taken away some time. The other thing about about Johnson is is this: he's had four position coaches in three years. Okay, so there's always a reset. There's always a reset. There's no banked 
uh, impressions with a new head co- with a new position coach that comes in. So all the progress you made out the window. So he's a guy that's co- that's going to come from a winning program. That'll be big for Nebraska uh, because he's lost three games in three years, one Big Ten game. But I just like how physical he is. He's a guy like Okuda as far as that's physical, can get off and make a tackle, good frame, a lot like Cam Taylor Britt again. And you've got a guy that's coming in now that can help out, whether uh, Newsom or Clark lock down that opposite corner spot from Cam Taylor Britt. You're going to have this guy, if he stays healthy and is healthy, to – to, to really be able to, to find his way on the field, special teams, nickel, whatever, or if he can win that job. It's not every day you get a five-star from Atlanta, I should say from Jacksonville. And the, the kid could have gone to a, a ton of spots, right? And it, Colorado, Georgia Tech, Minnesota, A&M, Central Florida. Ultimately, this defense, his fit with Fisher, and Deontay Williams, a uh, major factor. Jay Moore's coming up. Get his take on the two recruits this weekend. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the Big Red and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing? It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Busy weekend for Husker Editions. We welcome Blackshirt Husker NFL, our co-host, Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay Moore with us. Jay Bird, you, you've been to Colorado and back. You survived uh, Donkey Land and Buff Land with a little vacay. And now uh, we're going to chalk up the uh, well, all the commitments to you returning to the state. How's that sound? Uh, sure, I'll take it. Yeah, hey, I'll, I'll take any. Uh, I can provide any help. I'll, I'll sure as hell take it. I don't. I don't get too many. Uh, I don't get too much credit anymore these days. Well, hey, uh, you know, credit goes to Nebraska's recruiting efforts. Let's start with Tariq Johnson, six one one eighty five, five star Jacksonville kid. And Jay, you know a lot about playing with with peers and pros. Uh, teams you were on had some NFL dudes. Well, uh, so did Tariq Johnson at Ohio State, specifically in the secondary. And, you know, what, what in your opinion, do, does another kind of bigger-bodied corner do for this defense? Guy's got three years to play, and depending on what he can pick up, you know, um, there, there's not ever uh, concrete plans for, for Coach Fisher. I mean, every, rent's due every day uh, in that secondary mm-hmm. to, to keep your position. Yeah, I mean, it, it just helps solidify a a really solid secondary. I mean, let's, that's probably the best part of this team coming into 2021 is is the secondary with you know Cam Taylor Britt and Smuke and you, you know a lot of young guys from, uh, who played a little bit last year who had to step up. You know, when a lot of these guys were uh, out with you know they were suspended for you know headshots. So anytime you can get good talent and you can get a five star. Who uh, I know he didn't, you know I think he played in all twelve games or played last year, but mainly uh, special team stuff. You know that's always that's good, man. I, you you can you can never have enough talent. Uh, I mean, you just just ask Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State. Like they just you know you know the next man up. You know 
it's you know you had one guy go to the first or second round, and right behind him is a guy that's going to be a first or second round or two. So uh, you can never have enough talent. You get a guy like that to come in and and uh, compete. You know that's the thing is compete, push those guys, push you know a uh, young Quentin Newsom, and and to to make sure he's on his you know P's and Q's, and make sure he doesn't get complacent, and just and, and fight and and bring that talent up, and and maybe bring some of that that uh, energy and swagger that uh, Ohio State kind of has into into Lincoln and is into the North Stadium area with some of those guys and kind of teach them how to win. Because uh, uh, we all know Nebraska hard time winning here, uh, you know, in the last few years. So that's anytime you get more talent, that's, that's big time. And, and hopefully there isn't any other reasons that, you know, he left Ohio State. He maybe just wanted to play. And, and uh, the depth at Ohio State is, you know, obviously it's super deep. I mean, it's always a top five recruiting class every year in Columbus. So, you know, hopefully there isn't any extra baggage that, you know, people aren't, we aren't too familiar with. Um, you know, hopefully he isn't too big of a head case or anything like that. Hopefully he just comes in and goes to work and, and learns the Chenander and, and, you know, Fisher defense and, and gets to work and, and, and competes and makes the secondary and the defense better. Jay, I think Tyreek's going to want to step in and be an instant impact maker on that defense, and I think Husker fans want him to come in and be a difference maker as well. But how hard is it for a guy to step onto campus first in June and then try to you know turn around and be ready for the season come the end of August? Yeah, it's 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 hard. I mean, he's luckily he's been at one of the best programs in the nation, and you know they've been one of the best programs, you know, arguably the last decade so and i mean all since college football around ohio state's been you know they've been consistent um so you know it's 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 not easy it's not easy but i think he's going to come in and and he's you know he's had to compete every week in practice because uh he's you know he was he was a five star and he wasn't even starting so obviously they had you know wade and those guys that were ahead of him uh who are all playing the nfl now uh but i think that's the biggest thing is competing uh having a good attitude you know, but it's it's not. I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't. I mean, I don't know what to expect. If he if he you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he is day one starter or if he isn't a day one starter. I mean, it's it's not a, it's not an easy situation by by any means. And, and I think Nebraska has some good young kids and you know guys who played a lot of football in that secondary. So you know, I know they'll they'll, they'll embrace them, but you know they're going to make them work too. And that's and that's what you want. So again, not not easy, but for for a guy who has those type of credentials and and has, has been around another good program and good players, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, you know, starting day one. But I, I don't want to kind of put that on uh, him and, mm-hmm. you know, have those expectations because, like I said, it's, it, it can be, you know, a, quite a difficult task just to learn maybe new verbiage and, you know, communicate with new things and, and new players. That's, and communication is key in the secondary. So uh, not an easy task, but, you know, wouldn't be surprised if he, 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 can, uh, he can take it down. Few minutes here, Jay Moore with us, Husker, black shirt, NFLer, and uh, big red wrap up. Jay, uh, a thought here on Richard Torres, uh, quarterback, a guy that Nebraska identified early, was really the first major offer, kid out of San Antonio uh, South, and 6'6, 210, could get as big as 230, 240. What's your take as far as the body type shift, bigger? quarterbacks more pro style not that Torres or Harburg Harburg can't run or move they they can but uh, it looks a lot different than uh, the McCaffrey or even the Smothers body type yeah it's you know it's interesting it's kind of how this offense is potentially evolving once uh, you know Adrian's 
done here. It's going to be, you know, when you, you try to get, you know, bigger and bigger up front and you're, you're starting to recruit linemen who are six, five, six, 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 seven, you know what, a, a six foot one, six foot quarterback. That's, that's really hard to throw over sometimes too. And, and being able yes. to see the field and the vision. So that's, I think that's, that's one thing, but I think it's just, you're just trying to get, you know, maybe the best guy available for you at the time. But I, I kind of like the move to getting your, your bigger bodied, you know, guys who, who are, who are, have some good athletic ability. I, I think that's just what you, what you need. Uh, you know, you're able to see the field, uh, bigger guys have better arm strength. You know, you can, you know, just the vision. I think the vision is a, is a, is a very big key for those, for those guys. And if you have some mobility, then, Hey, you know, more power to you. But I, I, I think uh, just getting the arm strength and, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, they're just, this team just getting bigger all the way around. And I think that's just a product of being in the big 10 as well. You know, it's just, you gotta, it's, 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 you gotta bring your, you gotta bring your stuff day in and day out in, in the big 10 and on Saturdays, you know, everyone's big and physical and tough and there's no, there's no easy games once you get into conference play. And I think we've, we've learned that and they're trying to get bigger and more physical. So, you, you know, you, you can you can hang up there with an Iowa and Wisconsin's and you know Indiana's and Purdue's and Illinois and then you're still there later in the year too because you know the ringer you go through so uh, I'll, listen it's it's I, I like the I like the move we'll see uh, if it you know if this is um, you, you know uh, they're just trying it out or is this kind of something they're going to stick with you know your your bigger bodied guys but I, I like it I think you know that's, that was that's hard for McCaffrey and it's been I think. You know, Adrian's not short by any means, but he's not also the tallest. And sometimes just being able to see the field and and uh, make throws is, is tougher for a shorter quarterback. So I, I kind of understand where they're coming from. You know, and when it comes to arm strength, uh, we, we all know the, the weather conditions in Nebraska uh, late October into November and, and someday beyond, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, getting a stronger arm – probably doesn't limit your playbook if you want to throw the football, if you got to throw to open things up uh, with your run game. Jay, a couple minutes left here. want to get your take on on Julio Jones off to Tennessee, that trade for Atlanta. Does Tennessee jump a couple of rings or or jump up a couple of notches for you when it comes to maybe the AFC Super Bowl participant, or is it still Kansas City's to lose? I mean – uh, Tennessee's loaded. They've got the perfect play-action quarterback. Yeah, I still think it's you know it's the Chiefs to to you know it's, it's still the AFC is still going to be owned by Kansas City. But you know Tennessee was was there last year. I mean, you got a great you got Derrick Henry in that mm-hmm. run game and a good O line and, and a good defense. You get Julio Jones thrown in there. I just you know the AFC South is is not great. I mean, you get. Uh, Philip Rivers going to the Colts. I mean, the Texans are going to be an absolute mess this year with the whole this Sean Watson ordeal. New coach. I don't, you know, expect them. And well, you've got you've got Wentz and Indy, which that'll be a little bit tasty, yeah. right? Wentz and Indy, right. and, and and you get uh, the Texans. You're right. I mean, we'll see if Deshaun stays in uh, in Denver. Jacksonville's, you know, year one of Urban. So. We'll see where that goes go. with, yeah, one. Yeah. with sunshine yeah, so. at quarterback and Tebow as your H back, and then there's yeah. there's Tennessee. Yeah, there you go. I forget about I forget about Jacksonville. They're not going to be any very good this year either. I think that's going to be a 
Um, that's gonna be tough there. So I think uh, they're gonna take that that, that division. That's not gonna be a problem. That's not gonna be an issue. It's just you know, can they can make take it deep with the run game? Derrick Henry. Yeah, I, I mean now it's like okay, you got uh, you got another stud wide receiver uh, Brown. Mm-hmm. So it's like okay, you can't double him and you can't double who you got some other guys. So I, it's gonna be it'll be interesting. But I just think Kansas City's too too. Uh, too powerful. He had too much firepower on offense, and that defense is still pretty good. But it's an interesting move. I mean, good for Julio. He's no spring chicken anymore. I think he's 32 now. So 32. you know, it's, it's, it, he'll help out that offense. But I, you know, it's uh, it's, it's tough though. You got you got three big names on the offense. You know, Derrick Henry's going to want his his catches, and and so is so is Brown. And I, you know, and and it'll be interesting to see how that offense plays out. But uh, they'll be they'll be you know wouldn't be surprised if. It could be Tennessee, Kansas City, and the AFC Championship, you know, come uh, come late January next year. About a minute left. It's National Bourbon Day. When are you having your old-fashioned? <laughs> Gosh, I'm not having – you know, old-fashioned is just – they're good. They're just almost too sweet for me. Mm. So you just uh, want so the bourbon. I would, <laughs> I'd just go with the bourbon on, on, some, on some ice, you know. You know, mm-hmm. I'd just go with some uh, – you know, I'm about right by my – my liquor cabinet, you know, <laughs> you could maybe go with, uh, you know, I'd go with some Blantons maybe. Okay. All right. There we go. Go a little, go a little, go a little Blantons. That, that would probably be my go-to. That's one of my favorites. So I, that's the first thing I saw. And I saw the, other than tequila, mm-hmm. liquor cabinet, go with some Blantons, you know. So that was, that'd be my, uh, that'd be my choice for National Bourbon Day. We're going to send Elijah over to just taste test that for you. Make sure it's, it's yeah. still good. <laughs> I'd love that. Uh, yeah. Jay Moore is with us. Black shirt Husker NFLer. Jay Bird will get caught up again. Uh, keep swinging the clubs, brother. We'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good. See ya. Gotta love Jay Moore. Good to talk with uh, Jay Bird. Uh, Dave Maderick, Cornhusker State Games, Nebraska Sports Council. Uh, it's going to feel awesome to get out and play ball or do an activity this summer with Cornhusker State Games. Charlie McBride, Greg Smith, and uh, the topic of smoked pork on the diamond. Hale Varsity continues. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Coming up on Hale Varsity Radio, Charlie McBride, his takeaway on the new quarterback for Nebraska's recruiting class, Greg Smith. Recruiting insider with Hale Varsity, Elijah's take on Denver fan getting his butt kicked by likes to fight old man in the uh, or the nosebleeds of the Nuggets Suns game. Uh, we turn our attention to a friend of the show for a lot of years, uh, director of the Nebraska Sports Council. And uh, the man that makes things go for the uh, Cornhusker State Games. We say hi to Dave Minerick. Dave, let's high five, buddy. Uh, it's awesome to, to spend time with you here. It's awesome to have the Cornhusker State Games, my friend, uh, back after all the, the garbage that happened last year with the pandemic. How are you? How fired up are you for Cornhusker State Games this year? Oh, I'm super excited. And we're we're hearing that from all of the participants who are we're logging on and signing up and we have the torch run going on right now. So we're, we're seeing and feeling a lot of love and a lot of enthusiasm. And I'm super honored to be uh, on. I've never had this slot before coach McBride. So I'm a little <laughs> bit nervous today, man. Good, man. No worries. No worries. <laughs> well, you know, it'd be fun to, we were talking this morning over on KFOR, Dave and Eric's with us, Cornhusker state games. I'd love to get Charlie involved in some ax throwing. 
Oh man, yeah, he he would be a badass. Oh, big time! <laughs> now the problem is, coach would tell me to go stand there with an apple. That'd be the problem. Uh... His his words and his authority were his axe, man. When he was every he could chop he could chop those big dudes down without uh, any kind of weapon, right? No, I know it, I know it. But you have so many events going on and. Listen, from from uh, sporting events to uh, activities, kind of lay out what folks are, are gearing up for, and let's let's lay out also what needs to get done here before June seventeenth when it comes to sign up. You bet. Well, the Cornhusker State Games uh, for people who may have moved into the community or not familiar with it are are akin to what you might call Nebraska Olympics. And these Olympics or these sports, these competitions are for people of all ages and all abilities. So we've got more than 70 different sports or activities, and the competitions have levels for every skill level, every comfort level, from beginner to the best of the best in the state. And to make it even more festival friendly, uh, we have an opening ceremonies, which this year happens July 16th. And we have, I mentioned earlier, a torch run that the virtual components have been taking place for a couple of weeks now, and we've got a few live legs that we're doing around the state. But anyway, the sports themselves, most of them are going to happen July 16th through the 25th. And if you're interested in participating or even volunteering or even coming and just watching the mm-hmm. sports, which people are allowed to do now, which is a, quite a deal. Anyway, <laughs> go to cornhuskerstategames.com, and you can click on sport listing, and you can just go through all of the events or the ones you might be interested in, find out the particular dates of their competition, and uh, get your fees average around 25 bucks. That is until June 17th. So this Thursday is a pretty important date if you like to save money. Our entry fees will go up after Thursday. So check it out in the next couple days. Get your registrations in, and you'll be set for the state games, and you'll get all the information about the opening ceremonies, which is free with your paid entry, as is your Cornhusker State Games athlete shirt. That's outstanding. Dave Menerick's with us, uh, director for... The Cornhusker State Games, Nebraska Sports Council. Get signed up, get a team together, get the golf clubs dusted off. Uh, and with basketball, do you have three-on-three, two-on-two? Kind of lay it out for me. Five-on-five. Five. I mean, what, what are the, the different uh, uh, designations for hoops? Because I know there's a lot Good of hoops, hoops fans. Yep. The youth basketball is all three-on-three three now. Okay. The adult basketball is all five-on-five, five, and we are going to have – Adult Men's Basketball Championship, which typically features uh, athletes who've played college ball at uh, both the Division One, the Division Two, and, and smaller schools around the region. And so that's just an that's an awesome event. the The basketball finals are going to be televised. Really? Year, so yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, we have a media partner that has a lot of uh, that's in a lot of Nebraska households that's going to put it on. So we're excited Good. about that. Now, now, do you think if me and my college buddies were to make it a team here, do you think we could make the finals? Like, well, what type of competition you, you are we had, talking? You had no shot. <laughs> you had no shot because <laughs> of your shot selection, Elijah. <laughs> if, if if you are putting a team together, Elijah, enter the Rec Triple C um, <laughs> division. 
And you will be competitive. There's a comfort level for, for anyone. Awesome. <laughs> well, I just you got you got a guy that is kind of like Ginobili on your team, right? Like old man game, and then you've got one of your guys down low sweats profusely, so there's no way to go forearm on his back. That, that's, that's me. You. That's yeah. me. I'm the sweater. <laughs> the knee and elbow sleeve representatives come to all your games, <laughs> yes, and they do they well. Do. <laughs> hey, oh no, that's not Patrick Ewing. That's just Elijah, all geared up. Dave Manerik's with us. Dave, uh, let's also highlight just some of the, the the volunteers and the folks that have been there grinding through the past year with you yeah you know the Cornhusker State Games is a 501c3 we depend heavily on sponsors and all of our sponsors even last year when we didn't have a full slate of events we did end up getting a lot of events in um, but the sponsors stuck right in there at the levels they usually support um, have have even gotten some new interest um, this year. So we're very grateful to have an operation. We wouldn't have a games if it weren't for the sponsors. And then on the volunteer side, man, we worked them over last year, got them all excited, and then said there may not be anything. And then there was some things, and we had to bring them back out. And anyway, our volunteers are so loyal and so nice and so good. And uh, we can always use more. Um, you can go to cornhuskerstategames.com. But it's all about it's all about them getting the job done, and they're the front lines for all of our competitions. Dave Manerick with us here, Cornhusker State Games. Uh, State Games going to rock here July 16th through the 25th. Uh, price and entry fee goes up here before June 17th. That is Thursday. Uh, log on, participate, enjoy, get a team going. Uh, CornhuskerStateGames.com is where you can log on. And, and Dave, uh, about uh, thirty seconds here from from a from a torch lighting and ceremony standpoint. What's what's the the uh, the outlook for that? Uh, everybody's going to want to be there. That's the outlook. We're at Seacrest Field Friday, July sixteenth at eight p.m. And we have the skydivers, fireworks, things that we all missed last year and love about the opening ceremonies and the, it's really the Olympic tradition, mm-hmm. the parade of athletes, all of those things we're going to get to do this year. And we're very excited. Full capacity is, is, uh, is in play. So here we go. Dave, look forward to seeing you. Thanks for what you do. And thanks for what you've done for a lot of years with the Cornhusker state, state games and the Nebraska sports council, cornhuskerstategames.com log on. Uh, we'll uh, get in touch again soon and take care. And thanks for everything, man. You bet. Thanks for being a good partner, Chris. Uh, all right, bud. There he is. Dave Manerick, man. That's so good. You are. The wheels are turning for, for you to get your basketball team. Yeah, I'm deciding between basketball together. and like maybe softball, maybe some slow pitch softball. Okay. But I've already sent a couple texts during that interview saying Did who you? wants to join. Right. Dave Manerick's the best. Good dude. And uh, really cares about the state. Charlie McBride's on the way. Uh, we will wind down our one. Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught preteen Swedish boy. Thank you, Kramer. Coming up, Charlie McBride, Greg Smith, College World Series thoughts. As we are on the road to CWS a week from today at Zipline. Reminder, if you're moving, get to buy or sell that home. There's some properties for sale, but man, it's sparse. And maybe the time is now to, to move. 
because the price is just too good. West Blue Realty is there for you. They specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and surrounding communities. They'll make that next one smooth for you. For a limited time, you mentioned Hale Varsity. West Blue Realty can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Give Tom Luby or Kelly Hofschneider a shout today. Here's Tom's phone number at 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider, give Kelly a call at 402-202-2312. WestBlueRealty.com is where you log on, and you can go find them. 1120 K Street. Sweet 200. Uh, what can West Blue do for you? They can get you a house or help move out of the one you're in. And you can smile about uh, how much that son of a gun's appreciated. Okay, uh, I've got an idea. So you saw the footage on Twitter. Uh, the old Suns fan that clearly uh, has been in a bar fight or several. And then the two young punks that were wearing jerseys at the Nuggets game. And he had one guy that was tall and, and had the, the reach advantage swinging at older Suns fan until older Suns fan uh, grabbed him and then just went NHL 101, where it's just fist to nose and eye socket about 37 times in about five seconds. Yeah, grab that collar and just Grab that away. collar and just wail away. Uh, we're going to nickname this Suns fan Thunder Dan, right? Because he kind of reminds me of Dan Marley. The, N- the NBA needs to hire this guy to go around and find other punk fans that throw and dump stuff on players. He is the enforcer. He is the hitman. Send him out after those abusive fans elijah you're a denver fan you're not the series isn't going well first of all and then this happens and like that's not representative of all nuggets fans but those two guys were clowns one guy swung at him and really didn't connect and then scampered off and even their own fans in the section were like dudes get out of here before he kills you yeah, no, it, it was bad from the Nuggets fans. It, it's it's strange to be watching a uh, an, a fight go down in Ball Arena and to be taking the side of the Suns fan. Like he was sick in this fight. Like these dudes, he's good. These dudes were like harassing Old him. Man, strength. I mean, they throw us punch, and he's just like, okay, yeah, like, you, you guys want to start this? I'll My end turn. it. I'll end it, and he yeah. ends it. And what I think is the best part is he has the presence of mind as he's punching this dude to be saying Suns and four. Yeah. Like, like this isn't personal. This is it's half personal. It's also half like my team is just kicking. Sons, sin, sons in four or four more hits, and he's going to the hospital. <laughs> I don't know which it was, but uh, Phoenix doing work. Chris Paul, wow. Uh, Charlie McBride, his thoughts on the two new additions for the Big Red over the weekend, and some college football thoughts. We'll talk to Charlie next. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
Welcome to an hour two at Tale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in Mr. Blackshirt, Hall of Fame coordinator, Charlie McBride, with his Mondays with Charlie. Coach, how was the weekend? How you doing? Oh, it, it was good. I mean, it, it, we a lot of hot weather, but the, living on the lake, the wind was kept us from totally frying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know, but it's 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 good. You know, it's cl- a little bit cloudy, but it looks. I like it when it's like that because at least. There's some clouds that stop the sun once in a while. <laughs> I bet. Do you uh, do you ever jump in the lake and go swimming still? You know what? I've been in one time so far, and, then, and when I got and it was what, and I jumped in. <laughs> the only the only the only problem was it was 57 degrees, and so I I jumped out faster than I jumped in. I thought it was about 80, you know, I mean, uh-huh. the sun was out and it was real, it was one of those early hot days. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah, I was I was going to go swimming, so I jumped in there and I thought I was, something happened to me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I bet, I bet, you need to, to turn the heater on, right? Uh, wasn't I, was out of, I was out of there fast, I didn't know I could move that fast, as old as I am. <laughs> I think you. I think you can move when you want to, man. Well, good, uh, good for for taking the temperature for us on one of those early hot days. Uh, oh yeah, that's the first thing I have to do. Is I have to. That's orders. I get orders to throw the the thermometer. We have a pool thermometer we throw in off the dock to keep so we know when we're going to freeze to death or not. But I never read those things. That's funny. <laughs> Coach McBride's with us, Mondays with Charlie, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, couple of additions this weekend for Nebraska football. Richard Torres, the quarterback from San Antonio for the 2022 class. And Tariq Johnson, he's a graduate transfer. Hold on a minute. He's just a, a transfer from Ohio State with three years of eligibility. I want to start with the defensive back. And I, I look at his size at six one and almost one hundred and ninety pounds. You and I both know how good Ohio yeah. State secondary has been, and uh, this is a this is a nice get for Nebraska based on yeah. some of his some of his talents here. What what do you think this can well, help help do for the I, secondary? Yeah, I think it's a lot like the quarterbacks. You know, you when you, you know we lost our quarterback, it was. You know, now he's gone to his third school, Nebraska and Louisville and Rice and moving around. And, um, you know, when when you're that high rated and and you know there's a chance that you probably aren't going to be a starter, it probably was something that he had to think about, Mm -hmm. you know, unless there were some other things involved, like, you know, and and that's not. That's not out in the open. If it is, uh, you know, I don't know about it. Sure. I would guess that the coaches would know. Though, I mean, if there was anything, you know, that was troubling to Ohio State and told them maybe you ought to move on, it's, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. That that may, nobody will ever know. But, but I think it's, you know, I think in that case, it, there's a there's a little there's a little line drawn kind of that I've always looked at. Sometimes if you 
if you bring in a JC kid mm-hmm. and you have a person uh, with a lot of friends who's been working at a position and you see this JC kid's been told that he's going to start or he isn't coming here, I'm going to promise you that you better, he better play. Mm-hmm. And, and and there's no sense in the kid doing it unless he just isn't recruited and wants to come there anyway. But uh, and that line is 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 kind of scary a little bit because it disrupts what you have there at the, at a position, and a lot of guys turn and say, "Well, wait a second now. If this guy's going to be a starter, or if this guy's going to be this." I think you have to take the five-star, four-star, three-star stuff, maybe the three and so on. But when you get up in the fours and fives, uh, you have there is some concern it is a player uh, because they think that four and five means everything, you know, and it doesn't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen a lot of four- and five-star guys don't play, you know, and you've seen it happen in the draft. Oh, yeah, this guy's Superman, and all of a sudden he's, He's not Superman anymore, you know. Um, you know, I think I look at a little bit of the Heisman Trophy winner this year. He's a great player, don't get me wrong, but he wasn't the first guy or second guy or third guy picked. He was down the line maybe six or seven, which was not bad, you know. But, uh, you know, it, it's the same thing. Kids think different than we do. You know, they, they look at things because they're the ones involved. Mm-hmm. They're the ones going to play. Coaches feel good. Hey, I got this guy, you know, and all this stuff. And you may be hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. And and it's nothing against him, this guy. I, I think it's great that mm-hmm. he, a guy would transfer, you know, at, that has that kind of ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you just hope it doesn't disrupt a, a, a guy that's there who's a good player mm-hmm. with a lot of friends and <laughs> – you know, it, and you got somebody new walking in who nobody even knows, and it, those those things can, you know, it takes time, and 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 your chemistry is important too, and it usually starts at the beginning of the year when you start your weight program or your off season program, mm-hmm. and he's not part of that chemistry right now, you know, and if he falls into it, you know, fast and that kind of stuff, otherwise. He's a guy learning, you know, all the way. He's he's learning what what most of his most of the players already know, mm-hmm. you know. And but but he, with three years, if if he's if he doesn't transfer again, <laughs> like the quarterback did, and sticks with something, then you got something. I think there's a, a lot of ability with with Johnson. And I think he was in a spot where he just had some really good guys in front of him. I don't know how healthy he was. And I'll take a guy from Ohio State. But to your point, absolutely, chemistry is important. I think Coach Fisher does a great job. And I think the, the kids in that, that, that secondary room uh, understand that every day you got to go fight and win your job. So I think, I think they're comfortable that nothing's just being handed out. So right. that's, yeah, well, that's, that's good. It's true. I mean, you know, you, you, you never, you never want to feel, you know, take anything for granted when you're, right. when you're playing, you get that, you get that way and, and you're going to probably have some problems, you know, uh, 
but it, it's I'll tell you what's nice is to be able to say to two guys or even three at one position, mm-hmm. you're not afraid to put all any three of them in the game at any time. And right. if you can if you can rotate some guys and keep them keep them fresh, that's a big big difference. Well, and you've got a couple three corners too that are big and physical that can help you against the run in the Big Ten. That's always nice. Charlie McBride's with us. Coach, I want to stay on this chemistry topic for a second, and I want to go back to Coach Frost when when he transferred into Nebraska and just some of his experiences uh, going from Stanford to Nebraska, and it's it's important for him to be able to, to... to be able to communicate with kids that will transfer in because he's he's experienced it, man, and he came right. he came into a loaded team. But but at what point do you remember that things kind of got on the same page with Scott and the rest of his teammates that that had already been winning before he got here? Well, when when he came, there were a few unhappy campers uh, that you know, an in-state kid and all this stuff, and and mm-hmm. kind of bailed on it, bailed on it, bailed on them. You right. know, I mean, that's what they looked at it. But he he took he what he did. There was a lot of stuff handed out that probably the coaches don't know. Maybe it's a few couple of comments here and there, and a couple of shots at them that you know that. <laughs> And I think he knew that, mm-hmm. and he he accepted it, and he played through it, and that's what he did. He didn't. He he knew himself what was going to happen. I mean, he he just didn't come in and think, "Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that." And I can tell you by by knowing Coach Osborne and in in talking to him or any recruit. Um, you know, if they think they're going to walk in here and start, and and if some coaches has ever told told them that, uh, that's not a good idea to do something like that. Or uh, you know, it. And it, I think it's in some cases, you know, they, you can tell them they're going to play, but if you just put them on special teams, sometimes it's some kids don't don't believe in special teams. I mean, you know, we, we've, had, we've had guys transfer and get cut in the NFL because they wouldn't play on special teams. Sure. You know, I mean, uh, so who knows what their, their mind, where their minds are going. You, you have to really know the kids. And I think that's when you're coaching them, you know what buttons to push, you know how to treat them, you know he can handle this and can't handle that and, so, you know, each kid, as I said, is as different as their face. Interested to get your thoughts on this new quarterback that's coming in from San Antonio. Six foot six, hundred and uh, check that, 210 pounds. But he can move. But, man, he's a good uh, pocket-looking guy, but not a statue. Looks like he's a kid coach who can really throw the football. So then you got two of them. Yeah. <laughs> you had a freshman that's pretty good, too, you know, and he's about like that and yeah. can run, I think. You know, I, and that's – if you can't run, you know, if with with what they're doing offensively a little bit, you know, and and it, it's a little tough to be part of the offense. I know that, that there's times when we've had quarterbacks that, um, you know, have, have have been had great arms but couldn't run the ball, and that just kept them from really being part of what you know what Coach Osborne was doing. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and and you gotta you gotta be dual threat, right? And it sounds like, from a pro style standpoint, this Torres kid and even Harburg, of course, from Carney, they can throw. They're they're more throw first, but they're also able to run, which is important. Right. Well, I you know, like I said, this is this is something that you know that. It, like I said, each kid's different and has probably a different thing. But when you get into the heat of the game and everything and things start to happen, you usually find out a lot about a quarterback. I mean, you know that as well as I do. I mean, some guys in practice are great. Some guys stink in practice and are super in a game. I mean, you know, it was, you know, it was, there was a quarterback at Michigan State, and I don't remember his name exactly. I could think about it for a while, but he was down there playing for, playing with the uh, Dolphins, okay? And he was throwing the ball to us when, when I went to the, we went to the Orange Bowl when I was a kid. And, and he could, he couldn't, he didn't come close. I mean, it was a shock. I mean, he, he was awful. <laughs> and he, but when he gets in a game, he is the most dangerous guy. He was, he was, I mean, he was an All-American at Michigan State. He was a really a good player, and but you know, he was not a guy that was, you know, it seemed like here's a guy that really focuses in the game, but in practice he just kind of throws it around. Did that drive and, you nuts as a coach to have a kid like that on the defensive side where he'll show up and? just kill it during the game, but during the practice you had to get on them? There, there's not many of those on defense, but there can be on offense more than defense. Defense, you got to survive. You know, I mean, you're not going to stay there and just get blasted all the time. Uh, that that makes, makes, it bad, makes it bad and good mm. for the hospital money. You know, if they, mm-hmm. they're looking for the insurance people aren't looking for a guy like that either. <laughs> Coach, uh, you enjoy the, the weather. Take another dip in the uh, the lake, this time with yeah. it being warmer, and we'll talk to you next Monday uh, as okay. we get closer to the season. Well, keep, keep bringing them in. I will, yeah. yeah. Okay. Me and Elijah will keep on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Appreciate Thanks for you. having me. I'll talk to you next week. There okay, he is. Bye. Take care, Coach. Charlie McBride. I love, yeah, I've got a – I laugh, man. I think that's so awesome. He's got a, a a pool thermometer out there at the lake when the when the kids visit and grandkids visit and – that's hilarious. Yeah, I'm just. That, Can't you see him just like saying, eh, "Screw it, I'm just going to jump in." <laughs> it's 80 degrees and the water's 50, and you're just like, "No." I, I'm, he's for sure like the, uh, the the first one. I feel like he's always the first one in when he jumps in. He's yeah. he's never the guy to follow. No, I mean Charlie's just like, "Gun ho, let's go do it." But no, you need the mobility at quarterback. But the that that's an interesting distinction with offense and defensive side of the ball. Well, it's funny he told that story because that reminds me of Tim Tebow's days in Denver because apparently he was just like awful, awful, awful quarterback in practice. But he'd, but, win, he'd win you nine games a year in the NFL. But that was the, the thing was all these fans started saying, all right, we need, we need to see Tim Tebow because he did well in preseason mm-hmm. and he did well at Florida. We're like, we don't care if he's bad at practice. Let's see how he, didn't, how he does in the game. And he'd be bad for the first half and the second half would roll around. He's a different player in the fourth quarter rolls around and he's an all pro. That, that's the, the fine line is you can't scream – in college anyway or even high school practice practice has got to count and it's got to translate but if somebody just gets in the game and kills it 
and is really, really good. How do you keep him off the field? We'll uh, check in with Greg Smith, recruiting insider with Hale Varsity. He caught up with Coach with uh, with uh, Torres as coach. We'll check in with him next. And we're back, fellas. Think we could listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Let's talk some crouton. Busy weekend. Greg Smith all over it. HaleVarsity.com and magazine at Greg Smith HV is where you follow him on Twitter. couple of commitments. You get the transfer nod from Tariq Johnson and Richard Torres. Going to be throwing touchdowns. Greg, uh, let's uh, spend some time on Torres. And what what skill set or trait do you like best about him as he eventually transitions to the Big Ten? Oh man, the the arm strength is I think the thing that has to jump off the page for you, um, and a lot because you know coming from Texas up to Big Ten country, you know you're going to face some wind. Uh, you're definitely going to face that here at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. Uh, so being able to drive the ball through the wind um, is probably the top thing that jumps out to me. And then after that is his frame. I think the frame, even though he's thin now, but after not having really been able to weight lift during high school because he plays so many sports and he's so active, um, I think that those two things are, are really uh, what jump out, even though you only asked me for one. I apologize. No, you're good. Greg, tell me what you've been able to learn. You've talked to people uh, close to, to Richard and, you know, what's Nebraska getting here for 2022? Yeah, I talked to his high school coach earlier today, and I think that they're getting a high upside kid that has a ton of character. Um, that really was, and I think right now of all the kids in his class, might be the guy um, that was most impacted by COVID and what happened over the last year and not being able to be seen. If you have a kid with that frame and size, um, with that type of arm strength, and to not have more offers um, than he already does, that really just screams to you that you know he wasn't able to be seen. He had not gone to any showcases or camps or anything like that prior to this month, so he kind of was under the radar. You don't see that very much anymore, especially with quarterbacks and that play in the state of Texas, especially at that. Um, so, so I think that that is something that, that is really sticking out to me as well. Greg, just with Torres, I mean, I, I said earlier, I think he's built from the same mold as uh, Heinrich Harburg. Would you, would you agree with that sentiment? It just seems like they, they kind of have the same body, the, the same even delivery it even looks like. Um, is this just the Husker coaching staff finding their next Heinrich Harburg? I think that he is he is similar to Harburg. I think that Harburg came in a little bit bigger um, than Torres, just like um, muscle-wise. Harburg kind of looks like a linebacker out there when you just see him standing around. Um, he's a really well-put-together kid. But I think skill set-wise, I do think that they're very similar. Um, both kids that can, that can run pretty well, but you would not describe that as their first trait, right? That's not the top thing. I think the arm strength and the arm talent is the top thing with both of them. Um, and it is interesting. I think it was you that asked me about this a couple of weeks ago about whether or not this is the way that Nebraska's coaching staff are kind of going here in the future. It may be. Maybe they are making an adjustment when it comes to quarterback and the kind of guys that they recruit because uh, now we've seen two in a row uh, guys that are pretty similar. Greg Smith's with us. We're talking Richard Torres and his commitment to Nebraska. Greg, you know, there, there is that shift thrower that can run big body. You mentioned like just the reality of life in the Big Ten in October and November where it's, it's going to either rain or blow wind on you sideways, let alone maybe shift on you. <laughs> Great, we've got the wind in the fourth quarter. Oh, we thought we had the wind in the fourth quarter, but right. you've got some arm strength that can cut through all of that. But 
when you watch Torres's film and you talk to his coach, uh, we look at the size, right? And I've seen the huddle film. Maybe you've seen a little bit more expanded film on him. Maybe you haven't. But the guy made a lot of plays running for his life. And there weren't many mistakes. Now, you're not going to see mistakes on a highlight film, but you, you bet your money that Verdusco and Frost and company have seen multiple games of this kid on top of seeing him in person, on top of going down to SMU camp to watch him throw in that setting. This guy's got a, a pretty, uh, pretty good cool factor, doesn't he, when he's under duress? Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that, you know, on one hand, you don't want a quarterback to have to go through that uh, in high school. But on the other hand, you can end up picking up a pretty good skill set that can translate and can carry over, right? Because now you are you know what it's like to operate under duress, and it doesn't phase you as much. So if the first time that you see that is in college, um, it can be a little bit of a shock to the system, but he should be used to that. Um, I'm really curious to see what happens with him and his development as he gets better players around him, uh, particularly at the skill position players, and you know Nebraska continues to bring in a bevy of wide receivers. Um, I think there's a lot to be excited about about his future. Greg, I, I want to move to Tyreek Johnson uh, because it feels like there's been a bit of a trend with Scott Frost going out and getting transfers from Big Ten schools. I look at Oliver Martin, I look at Ezra Miller, and I look at Tyreek Johnson. Do you, do you think this is a point of emphasis from the Husker coaching staff to go find guys that are already proven Big Ten players? Um, I don't know if it's if, if that's the case. I do think that they're just looking for the best players that they can possibly get because they brought in other schools or other guys from FCS schools, D2, like all of it. I think they're just looking for the best talent um, that they can possibly get if they if they can you know snag a guy from Iowa to hurt them a little bit. Um, I think that's a nice little bonus. I, you can't deny that. Uh, but I don't think they're going out of their way to make sure they get guys that played at Big Ten programs. What do you think uh, Johnson does? Is he a guy that comes in and wows based on his pedigree and coming from a winning program? Is he a guy that can go take a spot opposite Cam Taylor Britt, or is he a complementary piece at least in this first year because he has three to play? Yeah, I think he's absolutely a guy that will come in and at least push for a spot. I think that it makes everybody kind of tighten up a little bit, opposite Cam Taylor Britt, um, and say, listen, we have to be on our P's and Q's, make sure we're in the weight room working, make sure we're you know diligent and paying attention every day to get better uh, because they just brought this guy in who's, who's got a nice pedigree, like you said. He knows how to win. Um, he's won all of his life, um, and he expects to come in and compete for a starting spot opposite Cam Taylor Britt. So I think it does nothing but raise the level of competition in that room if he wins it's, it's kind of a, a win-win situation i think if he comes in and wins the job immediately that means he has goods and he was the guy that people thought he was out of high school if he comes in and quentin newsom beats him out or braxton clark or someone else that means those guys raise their level and maybe he can still be in the rotation i think it's a good thing either way do you think in that room is mature enough to be able to handle the addition I think so. I think that those guys are mature enough to be able to come in um, and know that it's time to work. And I think that's also probably a testament to Travis Fisher uh, and the type of culture he's built within his D back room. So when I when I look at Johnson, I, I look at the guys like Akuda and Wade and and two other backs uh, that were at Ohio State. I also look at the factor that that you have Johnson had four position coaches in three years. So. Whether he was healthy or just made headway, it was all kind of hit reset. I mean, that, that reset button was hit a lot in the Ohio State secondary. So he really never got much traction, potentially. 
and and maybe he felt like it was time to, to just time to move on. I also wonder, you know, how dinged up he was too, because a guy that that heralded, that talented with that frame. I just wonder, you know, from an injury standpoint, if that's if he's had some nagging injuries as well. Yeah, that would that would definitely be something that would hold you back because the problem is for him is that you're in a situation where you're battling with other dudes that are on their way to the NFL, right? Um, and so there's no reason to hold those guys back to kind of work him back in. Um, so it's a really tough situation. And, I mean, they, they just pump out NFL defensive backs even with the turnover um, at the coach in the position out uh, in Columbus. Now, Greg, how does Tyreek Johnson's play style fit into the Nebraska secondary? Like, was this a guy who was sitting on the sideline last year against Nebraska and, and saw, was it Dismuke get kicked out of that game for the target and go, oh, like those, these are some hard-hitting guys in the secondary, that's where I want to go play? Is that what type of player is? Or is he kind of like that lockdown corner that I'm used to seeing out of Ohio State the past couple years? Oh, I think he's more of a physical corner. I think he's a guy that can play press coverage. Um, the the one thing that's going to be interesting is is can they convince can Nebraska convince him to cross train um, the way that Fisher likes to do that? And I, I would be curious about that conversation because it had to have come up because Fisher likes that, um, and Johnson might be a guy that could even play some safety. You no, know, Nebraska likes to mix and match, uh, but I think he's more of a pressing physical corner uh, that can play on the outside if that's where he's uh, going to be able to play opposite Cam Taylor Britt. You know, that, that's such a luxury to be able to cross-train your guys and be multiple and just be more serviceable, not only for your team, but beyond, right? To have a little right. background at safety and, and corner and nickel. Greg Smith is with us, Hale Varsity Radio, at Greg Smith HV on Twitter is where you follow him. Greg, what's next here from a, a camping standpoint for Nebraska? What's next this month here? Because it feels like the momentum's pretty high for Nebraska for the 2022 class. They get Torres. You know, what can we expect commitment-wise, decision-wise here in the coming weeks? Yeah, I, I think my, I'm kind of looking at that first weekend still to see if a guy like Landon Sampson, wide receiver out of Texas, ends up making a decision maybe even this week. Um, we know he went up to Ohio State this past weekend and kind of I think he camped or did a private workout with them to see if he could get an offer. I as I know that offer has not come yet. Um, and if that doesn't come, I like him to be uh, in Nebraska's class sooner rather than later. So that's something to look out for. I still think maybe one more kid from that first weekend, like Balen Erickson, the offensive lineman out of Illinois, um, would be able to maybe commit to Nebraska here soon. And then it's going to continue to roll from there. It's, it's a big month for Nebraska. They get these guys on campus, um, and then they're going to have more coming in this weekend in addition to Friday Night Lights. Um, which will be a big deal, and the big man camp. Um, it's still a busy time. I feel like I'm getting my second wind uh, to head into the sprint for the back half of this month. Well, I'll have another pork chop for you tonight. Just, just so I appreciate it. You, I, I you thank know. you. Thank you for thinking of it. <laughs> I'm going to put the grill on and get Greg's working. I'm going to be like, I'm going to have a pork <laughs> chop for Greg. Hey, with Bianco, uh, kind of closing the door on him for Nebraska. I think Nebraska targeted Torres. They like him. They want him. They pulled the trigger. There we go. But uh, what, what's your take here? About about thirty seconds here on on not following through with Torres, or uh, excuse yeah. me, with with Bianco from Hawaii, the quarterback. 
Yeah, I think him not playing the last couple of years kind of hurts him because it's just a little bit more of a risk. Had Nebraska been in a different situation um, and really had the luxury to take him and take that risk, I think maybe that, that changes that conversation. Um, but even though Torres is a high upside guy, I think he's the safer pick of the two, and that's how we ended up getting here. So, no knock to Torres. He's a fantastic player. Greg, thanks for the time. Thanks for the work, man. Appreciate what you're doing, and uh, we'll check in soon. Yeah, we'll catch up soon. Have a good week, guys. Too bad. There he is, Greg Smith. Uh, the Straight Up Breakdown is his podcast. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. That usually drops Tuesday or Wednesday with uh, with Greg. So check that out. He's had a great lineup of guests and his take on the recruiting process with Nebraska. And you know what? Torres is a good get. Kind of a, a quiet dude. Doesn't do a lot of interviews. Doesn't like to do a lot of interviews. We'll be uh, efforting uh, his uh, high school coaches uh, this week. And uh, he is a nice talent. You can put weight on him. He's mobile, can make throws, and he's uh, he's pretty physical. Yeah, I mean, It's I'm, a win. I'm excited for what he brings, and I, I liked what I saw from Harburg in the spring game. So another quarterback like Harburg, let's, let's see what he can do. No, big time. Yeah, I like the, 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 the passers that can also run mold here for Nebraska. We'll dive into some College World Series thoughts. A week from today, we are at Zipline in Omaha, Tale Varsity Radio. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. So you've got Luke McCaffrey officially to rise. We'll have some thoughts on that here in a bit. And most of the College World Series is set. We're waiting on Notre Dame or Mississippi State. Yeah, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Reminder, 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, the seatbelt can reduce risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckling up, brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. You are not shedding a tear for Dave Van Horn's tough weekend. No, no. Um, the the nice thing is, is this was kind of win-win for Husker fans. Either way, is either like, oh, either Nebraska played toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the country, or that team that we all hated from last week is now going uh, home and not going to the College World Series. So it was it was a win-win. I'm I'm happy no matter what. I got it. Okay, so let's separate for a second. We're we're uh, you know a week removed tomorrow from pain and anguish with Nebraska baseball. Do you hate Arkansas's team? Are you now no, anti no, Dave Van Horn? No. It's the fans. We all are are over. Okay, and how appropriate on the 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 day Ned day, Ned Beatty passes away, may he rest in peace. Uh, you got a lot of squealing. Okay, <laughs> so this is what I know. Dave Van Horn had a bad weekend. Dave Van Van Horn decided to start cops. In, in game three, you're Arkansas and you go 21 to two Friday night. You lose six to five Saturday and then you start cops and he's left in the game 117 pitches, eight innings, nine strikeouts. Make that 117 pitches. Pitch 118 gets launched by Jose Torres. It's a two run shot. And uh, a, a, a 2-1 lead is now a 3-2 deficit. 
and bang, the number one seed, uh, the number one team in the country for most of the year, the team that lost a lot and I think had expectations to be good, okay? But if you talk to some Arkansas folks that really know the program, they're like, well, they really overachieved this year. Yes, they have cops, but the rest of their staffs, so-so. Sometimes their offense was really inconsistent. Now, what Nebraska did was it gave just a boatload of confidence to NC State. And that's and Nebraska needs to be holding their, their, their head high about what they did. Nebraska could have done this. You have some freshman arms that were incredible for NC State. But, you know, as much as I like Dave Van Horn and remember covering him and as good as he's been to us coming on the show, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for cops. I feel bad for some of the players at Arkansas because they're 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 good ball players. I, I, I but what trumps that is that fan base, those people in left field, those stalkers on Twitter, those a holes that are following Mojo's fiance into the bathroom. All of that trumps my my momentary sympathy for a sports team that was supposed to do better than then then get worked in the CWS or in the in the in the super regionals, excuse me. They, Dave Van Horn, you think you you think you, you got it bad as uh as a Nebraska fan because Nebraska broke your heart and and really delivered incredibly this year. Think about being Dave Van Horn. He's got some losers down there and in 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 crazy town that probably want him out because he didn't win the championship this year. He's he would have he would have gotten three straight years to the CWS out of the SEC. And he's sick about it. And now he's labeled and he shouldn't be. He'll get one eventually, I think. But he's labeled right now as one of those guys that can't win the big one. And that isn't fair. And he can get second guessed and he's been crushed Why'd you leave cops in? Oh, good job for starting him. But the kid's thrown for damn near 300 pitches over the last week. And he's already had Tommy John surgery. So don't kid yourself about some effective anti-Arkansas recruiting around the SEC. Huh? You're going to go maybe be player of the year. You're going to go win. Uh, you're also going to have surgery on your, uh, <laughs> your, on your tendon because you're going to throw a billion innings. Uh, and, I mean, the draft is two weeks away. I don't know. I think it, it's just unfortunate for Van Horn, and he's going to get stamped until he wins one for blowing this. Well, there's there's two ways. I mean, I, I think Van Horn's usage of, of cops was a mistake, but also at the end of the day— What's he, your other option? You want to win. He was your best bet to go win baseball games. Um, I don't— Period. I don't necessarily agree with leaving him in, but at the same time, whenever you got the pitcher of the year— it's hard to look at him and say, hey, I know you're pitching a gym here. Um, this is the only time you started. You're going to go for a complete game. Like, I mean, I would. Here's the other thing. The, the thing is, is it, he was hanging breaking balls in the ninth. Like he was we not hung one. He, he hung two. He, he hung one in that. I bat a little bit before. But like, I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm going, he is probably your best option. Who do you but, trust? You're going to go to the bullpen. You're going to go to a different pitcher. You're going to let cops just close this bastard down. You're going to Van Orn was was right he went with his best and he lost it's true it's he went with his best and his lost but i think when you look at it he could have avoided it 
I mean, look what he did against Nebraska. Is he let his starter go for two, three innings and said, okay, you gave up your couple of runs. Now we'll go to cops. Now we'll run our for offense 80, will for make 80 pitches. Yeah, and our offense will make it work. Um, his offense didn't make it work on Sunday. His offense didn't really make it work on Saturday that well either. That They needed a late comeback Saturday and they couldn't get it done. So, it's, I mean, it's fair play to Arkansas. Give them a round of applause. They, they played their tails off this weekend. I mean, I know if I was on a team that got beat 21-2 to two on Friday, I wouldn't have been feeling good on Saturday or Sunday. I, I probably would have. Lost eighteen to one on I Saturday. Think NC State, like their last few games in the ACC, went one and eight. So for them to come out of the regional they came out of, wow! Then to, to go to Fayetteville and win, who are we adopting? I, I was, are we gonna, are we going we need to get Eckler back on because he's a big Tennessee guy. I was pulling so hard for Dallas Baptist to beat Virginia because they were gonna be my team in Omaha. I wanted them so bad, but then Virginia went and hit a grand slam in the. I, think, I know who we're not adopting, and that's Texas. But I do hope Cedric Golden's up here, so we can have a beer with him next week. But it's still you're still not adopting Texas, though. No, absolutely not. I think they might win it all. They, well, they they looked really they good. Should. In their regional. They looked really good in their super regional. I and think, who's their competition now? Well, I, I don't know how it'll be paired, but Stanford made it. Van, well, Vandy. I mean, Vandy's your favorite. I don't know. But they have those two great arms. <laughs> yeah. They have Rocker and they have Lighter, but beyond, I mean, who's their day three starter? You still got to beat them three. You got to beat them twice. Uh, my, my you got to beat is, those guys twice. My question, though. <laughs> who's doing it? Is is once those guys' arms are used, who are they turning to? That's my question. Their, their offense has been hit, and hit, hit or miss this year. The point is, is they will, they will beat you. They'll rest their two studs, and then they'll come back and stomp you out like you're a cigarette. Yeah, they're, they're going to open the College World Series 2-0. That's almost incontestable. I, I might have to go with old Rocky Top. Might have to go with Rocky Top, just because of their... Their pension for the dramatic. I tell you what, they, they are they are a fun squad with bat flips and walk offs. Tennessee is thrilling. Tennessee, Tennessee's fun. Arizona, I like too. I think Arizona's got a good good shot to be. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna see Mitch Sherman's always at the College World Series. We'll get him on site. We'll get Cedric Golden going. We'll see if uh, Eckler comes back. That'd be all right. We'll wind down a Monday next on Hale Varsity. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on a Monday. You know who's pulling for Notre Dame tonight? It's Coach Kaz. Notre Dame has the golden batting helmets that just it's like there's a battery they just shine and shine and shine now i wonder if the pirates hit the game tonight too mississippi state (sighs) tough call may the best team win (laughs) we'll check in with coach kaczynski tomorrow we'll uh hear from mitch sherman as well great stuff from greg smith and coach mcbride jay moore with us and uh, some fun stuff with Dave Manera, Cornhusker State Games. That gets rolling here in July. Uh, can log on uh, to Hale Varsity or go to ESPNLincoln.com for the on-demand downloads for the podcast. And the uh, the entire podcast is there for you. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Give us a rating, good, bad, or ugly. Uh, love your feedback. Love to, to hear from you what you love or 
don't about the show no. and can email chris at hailvarsity.com i tell you what we should do we should put together a little espn lincoln golf scramble team to enter the, the corner state games you me will and hooksy i may be in chicago and oh. you may be working for media i checked that indie not chicago for media days so we got to put a put a hard hold on the uh the, just because of the dates, because yeah, yeah. July 22nd and 3rd is a, is a Thursday, Friday, I believe. Let, let's check out the, the dates of the adult scramble here. <laughs> Saturday, July 24th. Ooh. Uh, the tea time starts at 8 a.m. It's at Woodland Hills. Okay, great spot. Love the folks at Woodland. Uh, we are on the air till 9 yeah, yeah, we could we could request a, a later tee off time. That's just when the, the tee off start at eight a.m. We're on our honor, your honor, your honor, your honor, to uh, to do that. I'd do it. I'd play with you guys. You I, guys don't I, want it. You wouldn't want me. Oh, I'm terrible too. It'd be it'd be Hooksy and Will carrying us. But let's be straight. We need to keep <laughs> Hooksy's uh, Morgan and diet intake down to if if let's let's challenge him with reward. <laughs> if he makes a putt <laughs> no, I don't worry about him making a putt But I don't want too much celebrating When he does <laughs> I mean it, We're there for fun, we're not there to win No, we're, we're there to win <laughs> <laughs> Not with you and me Winning on is fun Yeah, you and I will drive the cart like a couple of losers Hooksy, Will's nuts Will's great Yeah, Will's pretty good I, I've heard good things about Hooksy um, Will said he'd take me out to the driving range and give me some lessons before. Uh, that before... was firing range, but yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, mean, I, I think it could work. It, it'd be much better than a basketball Will, team. Will went to, to East, and like Will, about everywhere else, Will would have played golf and basketball, but he just he went to East. I mean, and they're they're known for their golf and their basketball. They're incredible at it. Yeah. I mean, his name on on Snapchat is like Will Golf or something. Like like it's it's like it's it's ingrained within. It him. should be Will the Mullet. Yeah, you can't change the Snapchat name though. It's or or it should be Big Eight Will. Oh, his hat. All the Big Eight gear. Talk to you tomorrow at four. Good stuff with Elijah Chris Schmidt at Tale Varsity Radio. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Uh, enjoy your Monday, and. Uh, Stay cool, right?